it's marissa and it's Kristen, and welcome to another episode of dark channel yay <laughs> we went um, a little mia there for a yeah, little while but we're back we're back <laughs> i my husband and i we went to new orleans and Kristen was sick while we were gone and then i was gonna we were gonna do an episode as soon as i came back but i had a bad experience while I was there at the pizza shop we were in there was an active shooting so I just couldn't get in the mind frame to be honest to do it at all Bill can't believe you, that happened to you guys like I feel so bad it, it just feels like surreal yeah so just always be safe know your surroundings always have an exit plan and just don't be shitty don't be one of those shooters man like why yeah so and also my husband's out of town so the dogs are locked in the room with me as you can probably hear them fighting on the bed oh babies <laughs> yeah they'll settle down eventually it is what it is we're trying to get better with it but you know what we are real people with real lives and full-time jobs and it is what it is oh my god <laughs> can you hear them yeah <laughs> I'm going to see if I can try to edit out background noise. I was going to say, I don't know if it'll come through as much <laughs> when you go back to listen to it, but they're pretty loud right now in my ear. Yeah, yeah. Um, Archer is a very vocal player. He's a husky. Yeah, so he just, he makes sure that everybody knows he's playing, so that's all. But that's a little bit about me. What about you, Kristen? I had the worst sickness oh can you hear diesel breathing in the mic no I-, <laughs> I had the worst cold of my life ever and it's probably because like I was talking to a couple people about it and I think it's probably because I work from home now and I don't like have the immune system that I used to mm-hmm. so like I had the worst sore throat on Friday I couldn't even like I asked my boss I'm like hey can I like day off of phones today because I can barely talk and it was just horrible I felt terrible doing that um Saturday and Sunday were shit I woke up at like 4 a.m on Sunday morning and called the teledoc thing because it was so mm-hmm. bad and then they gave me a prescription but it <sighs> that was a different experience I will never use that specific said pharmacy ever again because it was oh. bullshit yeah <laughs> but anyway I eventually got my medications and it that they, they helped like after 24 hours I would say but I had to call in to work on Monday and I never ever 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 no. ever call in ever but it was so bad mm-hmm. but you I'm seemed so sick like oh, I felt so I bad for you you seemed miserable in every way it was terrible and then you called me and you thought I was well I also have other personal shit going on and you thought I was crying and I'm like no I'm just this sick like it's bad yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it yeah so, I'm so glad though that you're on the up of up with your health being sick is yeah. the worst Oh, it was I'll just, so bad. You know, I should just come over like once a week and cough on you because I'm around sickness constantly and I'll just no, like... No, you should. <laughs> like, I never used to get sick ever. Like, maybe once a year and it was only like a two-day thing and it was fine. Like, not like this, but... And I was talking to um my friend Christina at work and she said she noticed that this year she kind of got like further, like 
more severe sickness than normal too. And they just started working from home, like just prior to me work or starting there almost a year ago now. So mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with it, which sucks, but I'm also not gonna um, not work from home because I love my job and I love being at home, but yeah, it definitely wasn't fun to deal with. No, all. no, it didn't look fun. Oh, no, but I'm better now. So there's that. Well, that's good. Yeah. And now we can do this case. And then Kristen has a crazy ass one that I actually don't even know what it's about. And I don't want you to tell me. She just referred to it as a crazy ass bitch. And I've yep. never been so excited for anything in my life. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm super excited for that one that's coming up next. So we'll get that done this weekend. Um, and, you know, this might, in a couple weeks, I think I'm going to be done taking contracts. So hopefully my hours will be better available wise. We'll see. You we know? shall see. We we'll shall see. see. We're, we're just both trying to live our lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> But besides that, I don't think we have any news. Obviously, just keep sharing and everything. Um, I'm getting photos together. Uh, while I was in New Orleans, I did go to the Madame Lalaurie house. Shut up! That's awesome. It's the first episode. Our very I first. Know. I'm gonna be posting some stuff from when we were there. Um, Cole has a lot of it on his phone as well, so I'm just waiting for him. I keep telling him like every day, twice a day. Don't forget to send me that. Don't forget to send me that. So hopefully when he listens to this, send me those fucking photos. (laughs) Do it, Cole. You're getting scolded on the podcast. Yes. He's just so putsy. It's fine. But (laughs) um, it's fine. fine. (laughs) But then I will be able to um, put a little photo album together of the haunted shit that I got to see. That's fun. That's awesome. But... yeah, let's dive in. This is the final part of Jamine Ramsey. So the first part, we went through like the timeline. Second part, we went and kind of just honed in on the timeline and the investigation and basically where things were kind of going to into um, looking for suspects. So that's kind of where we left off. Um, so Lou Smith is now in the investigation. The DA... I think his name's Alex, brought him in because the Boulder Police Department just fucked up the entire case from the get-go. Um, just horrible police work, which uh, you can't necessarily be mad at them. You know, you got to be mad at the system. They just weren't educated well enough. You know, you don't know what you don't know. So, right. Exactly. Um, as Lou Smith, um, he's going through the case. He's seeing that the police have many missteps. Um that actually showed there was an intruder that committed this crime. So they're no longer, Lou Smith is like, nah, the family didn't do this. Someone came into this home and did this. So the new theories of Ramsey's woke up Christmas day. They went to the whites at four 30 while they were there. Smith believes that the intruder entered the home. And then there during that time, he wrote the ransom note and waited 10 PM. The Ramsey's get home, go to bed. Then it's thought the intruder entered um, JonBenet's bedroom, used a stun gun to subdue her, um, and then carried her to the basement. Now, the way he was going to get her out of the house was to pull her, put her in the blue suitcase. Because if you remember, there was a blue suitcase that was kind of against the wall that usually wasn't there. At first, they thought, like, maybe it was used to get out of the house, like, as a step. But, nope, he thinks it was they were going to put her in the blue suitcase. She's a tiny six-year-old definitely possible 
Right. Um, but the suitcase wouldn't fit through the window. So he panicked. He sexually assaulted her, murdered her, and then escaped through the window. Um, yeah. Huh. So that's the new running theory. So Smith continues to leave that the cord that was used as a garrote, um, it can show that this may be one of the, like, it shows of sexual deviance. Um, so the new theory, Boulder's prime suspect is now out of the window. So, you know, the Boulder City honing in that it's Patsy. No, it's just not making sense with what the evidence is stating. Um, <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> I feel like only pet owners love our podcast because they're like, bro, I relate on every level. <laughs> probably. And all the people who like have kids and don't have pets are probably like, God, why would you want a dog? How yeah. can you own those? <laughs> yeah. How, how don't you make them quiet? Listen, <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> okay. No, no, nope. there's is- no way. No, 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 none. So anyways, so Smith believes that JonBenet's status in the pageant world definitely made her prey for a pedophile. And I actually could not agree more. Um, yeah. Especially don't... with the way they were making her dress. Too. Yeah. And you don't know who comes in and watches those competitions. They're just like little conferences held at like hotels and conference mm-hmm. room areas. I don't know. And you can't control who comes in there. Right. And what they're looking at. And not only that, but her photo is more readily available. It just, you know, there's nothing wrong with pageants. If that's what you choose to do, that's where passion is. But you definitely are, in a way, exploiting a possibility of a pedophile being able to do and think nasty things about a child. Which is so sad because... The girls do it for fun. I mean, for the most part. I mean, for the most part, I know yeah. families have a lot to do with it, but mm-hmm. the kids try to do it for fun and whatever, and they can't even do that because there's still no. people out there that will take advantage of that. Yeah. So gross. So, yeah. Um. So Smith ended up later on in the investigation, about a year into it, he was very slowly testing a lot of the evidence um, for like different DNA because as you test things, that section gets ruined. So, like, if you test it for blood, you can no longer test it for this and test it for that. So, he wanted to take his time making sure that testing it that way was the right way. Um, Because you only get so much evidence. And in this case, there really was limited evidence. So, they did end up finding, like, we've talked about, I think, before, there was blood in the underwear and other fluid, um, but DNA showed it was not anyone in the house. So, Hmm. DNA is showing that the day she died, it wasn't potentially by anybody in the house. So they are asking the Ramseys, well, who could this have done? Who could have done this? And the Ramseys were very quick to point at quite a few people. Mm, Of course they were. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is weird, though. I've never heard that part of Yeah. Well, they... Now, remember, when DNA gets entered... It's literally like it's time consuming. So it's not like do 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 enter DNA mm-hmm. A B and C. It's like based on alleles, which if you ever taken any type of biology class, you may kind of remember. And it's very time consuming. And one error can cause the case to never be solved. Right. So one human error. This is entered by humans. So just there's also that that I just want to point out. Okay. 
But anyway, so the Ramseys, I'm going to go through like three big suspects, um, but they pointed at many others, such as the Whites, which got ruled out immediately, such as one of their maids, which got ruled out immediately. Um, a couple of their family friends, which all got ruled out. But this one was quite interesting. So they pointed at Bill um, McReynolds. So he was a family friend. McReynolds uh, was a journalist professor. He was retired, but he had a very unique look. He looked just like Santa. And if you take a picture, look at a picture of him, that man is Santa's twin. <laughs> it's creepy and it's cute. It's jolly, but it's, I, I don't know why you, I don't know. He looked like Santa. Um, so in fact, at many family parties and even Christmas that year, he played Santa. He would show up as Santa and John Bonet as a what, six-year-old girl adored him, adored him. She thought he was Santa and you trust Santa. You love Santa. And you know, she, but John kind of always thought it was a little weird and you know, he wasn't sure. And then he brought up that one time during a memorial service for John Bonet, Mick Reynolds acted very standoffish to the Ramsey. Like Patsy went to hug him and he pushed her away and that made their suspicion increase. Like, why wouldn't he hug her? So hmm. then John continues to state to the police that following her death, Mick Reynolds made a public statement, even on the Today Show and many other places. And it was just odd. It was weird that it felt like he was seeking public attention and just trying to put himself in in the case, which can sometimes be seen with suspects. Right. So it was just a little weird. He so, really does look like Santa. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Did, is his beard real? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, he may have been the real Santa Claus. <laughs> so, you know, I'm hearing all this and I'm like, interesting. Well, then the other thing is that that really was like, holy shit, I think this Mick Reynolds guy did it. The night before Christmas, he told, he gave her a note. And on this note that he gave John Bonet, it said that something special will happen to you after Christmas. Hmm. So I was like, really sketch. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck? So they look into Mick Reynolds' background and they discover that his daughter had another friend that was kidnapped and sexually assaulted and the suspect had never been found. Now, this happened 22 years to the day of John Bonet's murder. What the fuck? I know, like all these things, and I'm like, okay, come on. So then, in addition, they find that his wife wrote a major play about a young girl being tortured and murdered in her basement. What in the fuck? Yeah, so now the McReynolds are brought in for interrogation, obviously. <laughs> wow. So he actually had a great alibi, and it couldn't be, it could not be dismissed. Christmas dinner, he was at his family's an hour and a half away, and slept there through the night with his wife, and it checks out. And yet again, they discover something new, though, just a few months prior. He did have a major heart and lung surgery, so he was weak. It takes months and months of healing to get your strength back after a heart surgery. And he was already older. You know, I think he was in his late 60s, 70s. And the DNA didn't match. And the handwriting sample proved that he was no longer a suspect. 
Hmm. So you hear all that and you're all like, what the fuck? Coincidence after coincidence. And it's so sad because all it truly was was him and John Bonet. So like they just had a really special bond. Actually, when he went into surgery, she gave him a vial of glitter, which how innocent to keep him protected. And he brought it into surgery with him. That's like, cute. It is. So, like, you hear all this, and you're like, shit, okay, maybe it's not him. So, yeah, it definitely wasn't him. Him and his wife ended up just living out their days. He did pass away a couple years ago. Yeah, I see that. He died at 72. Yeah, he truly was just, like, a sweet elderly man who just had a special bond with John Bonet, hmm. which is so sad that it was, you know, kind of twisted a little bit. Yeah, that's pretty... Yeah. I mean, I get it, though, but at the same time, that is really sad when it's completely yeah. innocent. Yes, because at first I was like, he did it. He did it. What a perv. And then I'm like, oh, my God, he was just a sweet little old man to the, hmm. this little girl. Like, ugh. so. Four years later, after her death, the Boulder Police would get a call from the local university in Boulder. And the university people are like, hey, I think you might want to come talk to this guy we have here. He's a 38-year-old man, and he has a backpack. And he's saying some weird shit about John Bonet. Well, inside mm-hmm. the backpack contained a poem about John Bonet. Now, I... It was just a weird poem about, like, his love and stuff like that. You can look it up. I didn't write it down. Um, But they also found a stun gun. So they're like, hmm, interesting. Okay. So this guy's name is Gary. I'm going to say the last name wrong. Oliva. O-L-E-V-A. Oliva. Oliva. Sounds right. Olivia, maybe. Olivia. Maybe. I think I'm just going to call him Gary. (laughs) Gary. Gary. (laughs) So he is a convicted sex offender in Oregon. Oregon? Oregon. I say Oregon. Oregon. There we go. Where he had molested a younger girl. He also served time in prison for an attempted... He attempted to strangle his own mother with a telephone cord. Hmm. So... What a nice guy. Yeah. this great. He's definitely ringing some bells. Um, (laughs) He was also diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. Um, which doesn't make you a murderer. Mental health problems do not ever make you a murderer. But it does maybe add in a little bit to possibility of him doing this. He was also, at the time of her murder, he only was four blocks away at a homeless shelter. Hmm. So not only okay. does he have like a history. The background. Yeah. yeah. And now he's in the location during the time. So they're like, well, was she playing outside? And maybe he walked by and he saw her and maybe became obsessed. Um, So now they start going through all the evidence, including footage regarding the case. Um, And a note that one year after the murder, they had a candlelit visual and Gary showed up at the visual. Hmm. Like which is weird. And he had like no absolutely no ties to the family no. prior at all. None. Yeah. I mean, unless you're just trying to be a But he's a homeless citizen, but yeah, that is really weird. And he's from Oregon. Like they're really Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. So 
then the police, you know, bring him in and they're like, so tell me about this poem. He, he, you know, just admitted straight out. He's like, I'm, I'm obsessed with her. I have dreams about her and, you know, dreams about her after she was murdered. She comes to me. I love her. I love her so much. I've never hurt her. She's perfect. So then, you know, they go through his backpack and end up going to his home. And this guy was obsessed. He had a shrine of her. <laughs> he even put her face on Monopoly money. Hmm. See, he's like, the ones that are the sketchy ones who come check out the pageants. That's yeah. that guy. Yeah, like so scary. And he has a sexual predatory history. History, right. Yeah, Ugh. so freaking scary. And then, you know, the police are like, dude, like this is starting to point at you. And he was just beyond himself that he was being accused um, that he would hurt her because he would literally, and I'm not, this is like legit, he would look at her photo and cry in regards to how perfect she was and how someone could hurt her. Hmm. Hmm. And in regards to the stun gun, he stated he had it for protection, which fair enough. So again, they did DNA and writing samples. And it all pointed to him being innocent. Hmm. Right? Uh, like, what the fuck? I, I know. know. <laughs> I'm like, he's a good option. But no, no, it's, I mean, technically the evidence is pointing to it not being him. Shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so we're back at square one. Um. So there's one more suspect. So in an unrelated crime that happened February of 1997. Okay. So that's just a couple months after JonBenet's death. Okay. So 43-year-old John Kennedy, he worked at a savage yard. Um, and he sees the swarm of police cars surrounding a house on the property. So kind of when it was explained to me, it sounds like they had, like, the owners of the salvage yard had lived in, like, uh couple trailers on the property so one of the houses was getting surrounded by police so he went up and asked what was happening and kennedy was informed there had been a death in the family and discovered that it was michael hailgoff now he was a 26 year old longtime friend and he was one of the three brothers who owned the junkyard so kennedy learned that Halgoff had committed suicide by gun which was just mind-blowing um, to Kenny Kennedy because it appeared that, like, he was fine. He didn't have any signs of depression, nothing to show. But soon after the news report on Ramsey case, the ransom note was pictured, and he saw the note and them asking about, like, on the ransom note, you know, how it asked for the uh, 118000 Mm-hmm. Well, it made Kennedy think back to a conversation of him and Halgoff that he had in November of 1996, so a month before John Bonet was murdered, where Halgoff planned to make a big deal by Christmas. And he said that him and a partner were going to make fifty to $60,000 each. And he's telling Kennedy this, and Kennedy is like, dude, I don't really want to know any more about this because you, you sound sketchy. Like, this is sounding sketchy. Like, he just was, like, changed the topic and didn't ask about it again. Hmm. 
So then later in January of 1997, so a month after her passing, um, Hal Goff stated randomly that his deal went wrong. Um, he, Hal Goff had, now, he didn't really elaborate to Kennedy or anything like that. Now, Hal Goff, though, did have a patch pass. Now, trigger warning here, okay? This, this made me want to just stab his eyes. Um, he had a past of torturing and killing animals, especially cats. Shit. Yeah. And I won't go in any further detail because I hate the fact that I know what he would do. Um, <sighs> he also has a history of sexual assault of a younger girl. He was caught by his girlfriend naked in her daughter's room. And stated to his girlfriend that he could no longer be trusted with her daughter. Jesus. That's yeah. scary and disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. So Kennedy recalls that in September. So <laughs> Kennedy kind of has random things all over the place. But it all feeds into this theory. So sorry we're jumping around. But it's a bunch of months and how it lays out is weird. <laughs> but... <laughs> So in September, Helgoff randomly stated that he wondered what it would be like to crack a human skull. Now, I can tell you, I've never asked that question, nor I've never been asked that question. No, me either. And I don't want to know what it, what it would be like. I don't want to know. That no. would be horrific to experience. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So after some time with Halgoff having passed, Kennedy was kind of thinking of these moments and decided to contact the police. And initially, no one was interested, and they just kept blowing him off. But Lou Smith got a hold of it, and he was interested. So he started looking at the suicide photos of Halgoff's suicide, okay? Mm -hmm. There was a stun gun in the photo. There was also high-tech boots pictured in the photos. So, new theory comes. Smith believes that Halgoff did go into the home and tried to, you know, use the ransom for some money. But during the kidnapping with a partner, it went wrong. Okay? Hmm. Um, now, Smith is studying Halgoff's suicide case. He begins to wonder about the circumstances of the case. You know, they noted a pillow with a bullet hole through it. Halgoff lived alone. Why would he care? Who heard the shot? So, you know, it was like the pillow, like, was used to try to muffle the shot. But he lived alone. Did he have neighbors, though? I mean, he... it was at the salvage yard way in the back. But salvage yards, I think, are kind of loud, aren't they? They have, like, depending on what they're doing. Well, if there's machines running. But if it was, like, the middle of the night type thing. Then... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where, I guess. You it's know, weird. It's but... weird. It's weird. Um, Halgoff lived. Okay, uh, that's where I was. <laughs> they also note that he was right-handed, so the shot came from the left and traveled okay. upwards, staying lodged. That one I have no uh no yeah. comeback for because <laughs> I I don't yeah like I'm like I don't know how you hold I don't know I don't I, like doing anything with my left hand. No, like, I yeah I can't I can't even brush my teeth with my left hand. Like, no. It's, me either <laughs> it's impossible <laughs> i can't even like scoop the ice out of my ice maker into my like i just can't it no. doesn't function that way no. 
So I cannot imagine putting a gun. No. You know, it was shot upwards. So it was like kind of they kind of were hinting that he shot like under his jaw. Mm-hmm. And doing that left hand, like, I don't know. It was weird. It's like, why would you in that moment decide to do something that was so unnatural? And it was a handgun, right? Not like a yes, rifle. It was a handgun. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. So Lou is like, shit. Did someone want Halgoff dead? And was it possibly a partner that Halgoff was talking about doing this deal with? Was this what was going on? And did it go bad? And did Halgoff want to, you know, basically come forward? Was he going to come forward and tell the truth? You know, it sounded like if the theory is true, is that he felt guilty. Hmm. You know? Did they find any money, though, like in his bank accounts or in the home? No. So, hmm. um, Smith was convinced that it was Halgoff, but police said his DNA did not match. And then Smith is like, well, the tech boots, what about those? But police said they didn't match and they would not disclose as to why they didn't match. Hmm. So they That's weren't like, little... oh, it's the wrong size. Oh, it's, you know, a check boot, but it's not the right pattern on the bottom. They just said, nope, doesn't work. That's weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. I don't know. It was a bad relationship between the Boulder Police and Lou Smith. Um, and kind of after that, they, you know, really didn't have any major, major leads. But throughout the past, how many years has it been? 10, 20, 25? Yeah. Throughout the past 25 years, there has been a total of 400 suspects ruled out. Wow. 400, and still no one is charged with this heinous case. There's absolutely no one they can point the finger at. So, I want to know what you think. With all the stuff I brought for her, Kristen, what do you you think without getting us sued? (laughs) I don't know, because I always thought it was not someone you were talking about. Yeah. I always thought it was in the family. But I kind of think this Halgoff guy did it. I don't know why. It just, it feels... But if they, I would be more convinced if they found this money, like... Well, they well ne- I guess they never got the money, They never so. got the money, yeah. And, you know, but... I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's interesting, because I, you know, they said the DNA didn't match, but if there was a partner, the DNA would match, potentially, and you the, would think they would have had some kind of evidence of a partner, though, like a phone call they could have yeah. tracked or something. something. I know. Mm-hmm. I know the case. Well, the police weren't convinced that he had anything to do with it. So it was just Lou Smith really hammering in. It's He's, just, he was a private detective, though, right? Yeah. That was so he would have been able. He would have been able to get. Yeah, like, he would have. I don't know, man. This I don't know. This Ooh. is one of America's biggest mysteries. And I think I would say it probably is the biggest. Like it, it literally is. And this case just baffles me. And it blows my mind that there's been so many suspects. And you know, Patsy died um I don't know, like when she was in her forties of cancer, I believe, or something like that. Not terribly long ago, but she did pass away. And she died still being suspected of killing her daughter and not knowing who the real killer was. I just think it's weird because of the whole 
note didn't that come back yes similar to her writing that's what makes me feel weird about that I know I still like one piece of evidence I'm like oh the family didn't do it and then the note I'm like fuck they had to have they had something to do with it like I I don't know I don't know what to think I don't know no because every piece of evidence can match up to something but none of it matches up altogether right it doesn't make sense it doesn't it doesn't at all yeah i don't know <laughs> girl this me, one baffles me like me neither i don't know i don't either i do not either and yes that's that well i want to know what everyone else thinks i mean they might yeah. not have they might be like us and like i don't really know either but i'm curious or even your theories because I mean, I only honed in on, like, the three major ones that kind of a lot of people talk about, but I'm sure there's others, and I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This one. This case, man, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I, when I was coming home, I started reading, like, some articles on it on the plane, because I was like, I got tired. And I was like, mate, and I listened to two other podcasts. I was like, maybe I'm missing something. And literally everywhere, they're like, yeah, we don't know. Man, we don't know. That's the problem. Yeah. Nobody fucking knows. No one knows at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So thank you for letting me share that story. Thank you for sharing it. It was a long, but a goodie. Long, it was. Long one, but a good, yeah. yeah it was, I mean, it was three parters. <laughs> I mean, it was something that I just, I, I didn't know how to put it all together to flow yeah. in one episode so i liked having the ability to break it up and dive into it definitely go watch that hulu part like mini docuseries i got like everything off of there so yeah yeah that i want to say i watched it a long time ago but I yeah i'd be wrong i don't know that's one case that me and my dad talk about quite a bit and i don't know because it's crazy. It happened right when our parents were having us. So I'm sure they were able to right. relate a lot. And who comes into this millionaire's home and kills their child and hides it in the basement? You know, rather they right. did it or not, at the end of the day, a child was murdered in a home, a very mm-hmm. prominent home. It's quite confusing. It is. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to think about. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting here like uh, for an hour after our after we're done just like what the fuck yeah literally (laughs) but yeah okay well that's it guys we have our missing person i forgot about that (laughs) actually i did i looked it up right at the beginning of the episode oh okay (laughs) (laughs) but anyway we have one (laughs) yay what is it? Oh, this is going to be actually two people. It's going to be Liliana and Daniela Marino. Um, they went missing. Let's see here. So it says the FBI's Miami field office, South Florida Violent Crime and Fugitive Task Force is seeking the public's assistance in locating Liliana Marino and her daughter, Daniela Marino. Um, who have been missing from Doral, Doral, Florida, since May 30th, 2016. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know, it's an older one, but they still need justice, too. They do. 
Um, they were allegedly last seen at or near the Home Depot located at 13895 Okeechobee Road in Hialeah, Florida. Wow, I really picked up. We're going to post it, so don't worry. <laughs> um, in Hialeah, Florida. Uh, they have not been seen or heard from this day. Liliana is described as a white, but then in parentheses, Hispanic female born no, uh, December 24th, 1973. She has brown hair and brown eyes. Daniela is described as a white Hispanic female born October 4th, 2007. She has brown hair and brown eyes. The investigation is being jointly conducted by the Miami Dade Police Department the city of Doral Police Department and the FBI. And the FBI is offering a reward of up to $25,000 for information leading to the whereabouts of the girls. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely. We'll post it. And, you know, I think it's always good just to get our eyes on faces and, you know, faces. That way, you know, if we run across anything, we're able to act on it. Sorry. They're, they're done. They're like, mom, we're done. We want to um, go play. We, we need, we need to go do stuff. We can't be trapped in this room anymore. No, I'm surprised they did not tear up as much as I thought they would. Good. Oh. At least they didn't tear up your flowers like Alaska did to mine last episode, and I was so mad at her. Did you, guys? She showed me that. She oh. played it cool as a cucumber, but God, what a mess. <laughs> oh, it was bad. And then she chewed up. So this sounds so silly because I'm 25 years old, but I still sleep with a stuffed animal because it is a stuffed animal that I got when I was six years old, right after my dog died. Her name is Dakota. And a freaking Allie chewed the eyeballs out of her. And I was so mad. I fabric glued them back together, but <laughs> she now sits up on the top of my closet because I don't want to risk ever crying that hard again i bawled like a freaking baby <laughs> it sounds so silly but no, she's it's so sentimental to me that it's i just not silly at all not silly at all uh, i don't baby <laughs> dogs they can be cruel okay and when you love them so much they just know they can do anything yeah they Ugh. know they can get away with it i I felt bad because I like threw her in her kennel for like two hours, but I was like, you know what? I'm too mad to even look at her. So yeah. <laughs> I would have done the same thing. She whined the whole time and I was like, shut up. You're a bitch. You right now. <laughs> and then two hours later, you're like, fine. I love you, I but know. I'm mad. I was like, get upstairs. We're going to bed. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh. Well, go hug your babies, give them kisses, whatever they are, four-legged or two, and stay safe, stay crazy, and stay spooky. What is our um, TikTok and Facebook and all that? Oh, fuck! Okay. (laughs) TikTok is at dark channel underscore dark, no, dark soul underscore dark channel. Facebook is dark channel podcast. You're not on the page. You're a wiener. Go like it. It's (laughs) Gmail is podcastdarkchannel at gmail.com. And our Instagram is. I believe it's podcastdarkchannel. I was going to write them down last time and I totally forgot to do it. No, guys, it's your fault because you're not following us. (laughs) So why do we have to keep reminding you? I don't know. (laughs) 
oh no I am for sure gonna write it now like when we get off this podcast I'm gonna go write it down so I have uh, it. <laughs> I, I need to I should I should write it down and just put it in my little copy yeah that's what I'm gonna do I have a wall right in front of me I can stick it on but I uh, I forgot last time I, but yeah I think that's that's all now I think we I can think go yeah I think we're gonna go okay well what, what do I say stay safe stay hydrated why not <laughs> stay spooky my babes stay spooky <laughs> that's the most important bye love you bye love you wait stop, wait, stop. <laughs>